my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to episode 378 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am uh, pleased and happy to have you here and uh, grateful for the opportunity once again to spend a little time with you talking about my love of professional wrestling. And that's what the My One Two Three Cents podcast is all about. And we'll get to the topic in just a few minutes because it is Valentine's Day and, and all month long, really, I was my hope is to continue and, and hopefully next week things fall into place a little better than this week did. And I'll explain it all. Uh, you know, it is Valentine's Day, as I mentioned off the top, whether you're listening to this on Valentine's Day or sometime this week, February was the month of love here for the podcast. And I wanted to have appropriate themes last week. Tyler Heath Hatton of Stride Pro Wrestling joined me and we talked about wrestlers who we maybe didn't originally like, but then came around on them. And yeah, actually, that's probably a poor choice of words. We uh, changed our attitude or our opinions, thoughts on them. So be sure to go back into the archives and check out that podcast as well as, you know, as I was gearing up for Valentine's Day, my hope was to have a wrestling couple on the podcast. And so I, you know what, I always believe go big or go home shoot your shot, take your chance, and try to get, and I went after probably the most sought-after couple in professional wrestling today, and that is Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green, who got married on New Year's Eve. Uh, Matt Cardona, since being released from the WWE as Zack Ryder, has been on fire, and, uh, you know, he is kind of the internet wrestling darling right now, I would say, and of course his his wife is uh, tearing things up in several promotions and companies as well. And then the Major Wrestling Figure podcast and the, the cast of, uh, I'm not going to say characters from that, but of course, Brian Myers, who was uh, at one time wrestling as Kurt Hawkins, and then Smart Mark Sterling, who is a manager uh, over on AEW, and then Hornswoggle or Swoggle. You know, that that uh, group of five, they've been really tearing things up in GCW and now the NWA. Apparently, Zach or Matt over the weekend won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So, uh, you know, I, I shot my shot, as they say, and, and I did uh, try to get Matt and Chelsea on the podcast. I knew there was probably a 0.0% chance of that happening, and it turns out I was right. 
but uh, you know, I had to I had to take a chance and and try, uh, and so I, I was scrambling a little bit to find because I didn't have time to watch the movie for Movie Mania that's going to be happening hopefully next week with Chad Smart. So uh, I did a pivot and I threw it out there on social media, you know, looking for ideas for a Valentine's themed show. I didn't want to talk about Greg the Hammer Valentine because that's like kind of the easy money, if you will. Um, so instead, I got a suggestion from friend of the show, Adam Hackbarth, who suggested Dude Love. Ow! Wait a minute. Steve-O, looks like you could use a little help, my man, like maybe a tag team partner. What? What's the matter? Don't you recognize me? Now, I don't blame you for not teaming up with that mutilated freak, Mankind, but you never said nothing about teaming up with the hippest cat in the land. Steve-O, baby, it's me, Dude Love, and I am coming to save the day. Oh, have mercy. I should add along with this, and I'm not going to turn this into a reading of Mick Foley's uh, Wikipedia page. I'm just going to share some brief memories and thoughts on the character Dude Love. Uh, but Adam's all other had other suggestion had included talking about uh, five things that any wrestling dude would love. Um, I, I, you know, so I'm I'm going to kind of tweak his idea a little bit and talk about some things to go along with Dude Love. Uh, that I love, things that I love about professional wrestling or things that I think a wrestling fan, a dude who loves professional wrestling should have or should do as part of their fandom. So uh, we'll get to all that in just a minute. But, you know, I think most wrestling fans at this point know that Dude Love, of course, is the alter ego of Mick Foley, of Mankind, of Cactus Jack. He's one of the three faces of Foley. Uh, that became wildly popular during the Attitude Era, and I, you know, pardoned the pun, loved all of it. And I'm sitting here looking, and I've got a Dude Love uh, uh, pin, and I also have a Brother Love pin. And I, you know, Brother Love for me, and I, I'll probably save this for maybe next year if the Valentine's Day episode crashes and burns, uh, and I'll do a Brother Love episode, but... Uh, you know, to me, Piper's Pit was was always the best, but then the Brother Love Show was definitely uh, second for me in terms of my fandom. So maybe next year we'll dive more into that. Maybe, uh, who knows, Brother Love himself would be able to join the show. But I digress. And uh, speaking of Dude Love, Mick Foley, uh, Cactus Jack, or Mankind, whatever incarnation of him you are a fan of, he actually was a part of the podcast many years ago. It was one of the very first episodes that I did, one of the first guests that I had for sure. 
and I did it over the phone, thanks to my buddy Chris Hagstrom, who was hosting a wrestling event up in South Bend, Indiana, and Mick Foley was a part of that, and so uh, Mick Foley spent a little time, and we didn't go way deep into wrestling and, and whatnot in his career. We were pretty hyper-focused on the fact that he was making this appearance, and I try to respect the wrestlers and not get, you know, inside scoops or, you know, information that they maybe didn't sign up for talking about when they're promoting a specific event. So uh, that is in the archives. You can check it out if you're so inclined. But, um, you know, I, I remember probably the first time I remember Cactus Jack was from uh, when he first started wrestling. And I actually didn't realize it until he became famous that, you know, Mick Foley wrestled on WWF Superstars in about 1986, maybe 1987, in a tag team match against the British Bulldogs. So uh, that that's a little tidbit that I had never known about until just, you know, probably a, a handful of years ago. But it was that incarnation of Cactus Jack that I saw, Cactus Jack Manson, who was in the Aftermags and was part of uh, USWA. I don't think it was still world-class by that point. I, I'm pretty sure it was USWA. Um, but I remember reading about him because by then I feel like the TV programming was going away. World class was big in, in St. Louis, you know, watching it was a big deal every Sunday morning. It was world class. And then it was, uh, WWF superstars of wrestling that, that was my regular viewing. But I think by the time Foley was involved with it, it was not syndicated the way it was, at least for me. Um, so I remember reading about him before seeing him then pop up in WCW in about 1991, I believe it was. Um, and he, of course, uh, was with Abdullah the Butcher, feuded with Sting. Uh, I remember him wrestling Van Hammer. They had a hell of a fight. Uh, it was involving, um, I think they were on a fairgrounds or something like that. And they were in a stable. Um, but I remember always watching Foley wrestle as Cactus Jack and knowing, you know, obviously the things that he put his body through. And, and I'm not a deathmatch fan. I didn't like the exploding barbed wire and the, the explosions that were happening uh, in Japan that he did with Terry Funk and, and some of the stuff that he did in ECW. Not my cup of tea, but I always loved and, and respected what Cactus Jack was getting out there and doing and those bumps that he was taking and, and the stuff that he did with Vader um, you know, in, in the early 90s of WCW before eventually leaving the company and coming to the WWF as mankind. And I would say my favorite incarnation, my favorite face of Foley was or is mankind. Um, I think, you know, the originality, I, Mick Foley is a genius in terms of the things that he's been able to do with character development and the WWE, you know, of course, the marketing and the the, the jetpack that they pretty much strapped to him, you know, going in there and facing off against The Undertaker right off the bat, um, pretty remarkable. You know, Mick, our, uh, Undertaker was, by that time in, in 1996, he had been around for almost six years. He was well-established, um, and even though he hadn't really had uh, a sustained run as champion that was later to come, but... Man, the the stuff that he and Foley did in those early days of of Mick Foley's run in the WWF, WWE, 
was amazing. It was remarkable. And um, I just feel like he ended up being the perfect nemesis, the perfect foe for The Undertaker. Mankind was someone that you took serious. He was sadistic. He was ruthless. Um, and, and of course, it tweaked and, and became more of a comedy act, which I totally love, Sacco and the evolution. I think that's the big thing about wrestling is having those characters that stand the test of time, like The Undertaker, like Kane, like Goldust, like Mankind, McFoley, being able to adjust and tweak and evolve that character. That's exactly what Mankind, or McFoley rather, uh, did with the Mankind character. Um, and, you know, it was later in that run, about a year or so into the run, that we saw Dude Love. And Dude Love, of course, was the alter ego of Mick Foley when he was a kid. He, you know, he did the backyard wrestling. He's on his roof. He's jumping off. And his character that he gave himself was called Dude Love. And I love the fact that they were able to use those old VHS tapes and able to kind of continue to tell Mick Foley's story, to tell Mankind's story, uh, you know, of this freak. You know, he was missing part of his ear. He was missing teeth from the fights with, with Vader from the WCW days, the battles with Terry Funk, the scars, the ripping out of his own hair, the mask that he wore. Um, he was a freak, you know, and he wasn't like Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels, those those suave wrestlers, if you will, that got the ladies and they were the ladies man, if you will. And the fact that dude love was supposed to be that I, I really, to me, kind of an under appreciated era of Mick Foley's genius. And, you know, of course he teams up with stone cold, Steve Austin. He's in the tie dye. He's in the, 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 you know, hippie glasses, for lack of a better word. Um, it just, it all just kind of played out so magnificent, magnificently that uh, I, I really just, you know, for lack of a better word, I loved it. And then in 1998, at the, at the start of the year, the Royal Rumble, and we get the three faces of Foley, including, you know, Dude Love coming in there. It just, it all worked out so, so very well. Um, you know, it's, it's made Mick Foley stand the test of time, that adaptability, you know, someone who allegedly wasn't even really on Vince McMahon's radar and wasn't going to receive a lot of the love that he ended up receiving. I think Mick Foley is one of those guys who, you know, it goes to show you that if you're strapped with a gimmick that you're not in love with, that you don't like, embrace it and make it your own and learn to love it and learn to make it become something, you know. How much different maybe would Terry Taylor's career have gone had he taken that Red Rooster character and embraced it and loved it? And maybe there was nothing that could be done with it, but Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, we saw them all in the WWE. And of course, Mick Foley himself uh, was a wrestler as well. So really four faces of Foley. Um, it just all worked so very well. It worked so very well. So in keeping with Adam's theme and idea of the dude and, and love and wrestling, here are three things, because it's my one, two, three cents, so I'm keeping with the three theme as well, that I think wrestling fans should consider, should have 
should, uh, you know, if they've never done it, these are experiences and actual things that uh, any wrestling fan should have. And number three for me is figures. You know, I started collecting. I've, I've told the story before. I was uh, 12 years old in the sixth grade. And the, that first line of LJNs came out during that summer. And I fell in love with them instantly. Hulk Hogan and Superfly Jimmy Snuka. My brother got Jimmy Snuka. I had Hulk Hogan. Those were the first two. Uh, eventually, you know, that first line included the Iron Sheik, Big John Studd, and uh, uh, Andre the Giant. And it didn't take long before we found all of those. And then it, the collection just grew and grew and grew. Um, and around the same time, the AWA Rimcos were also coming out. The Road Warriors and Ric Flair and Abdul the Butcher, Stan Hansen started collecting those as well. Um, and then as the LJN collection kind of stopped production and they became harder to find and whatnot, Hasbro started coming out and I just collected a handful of those and I kept them in the packaging. I have since started popping those out and putting them on display because I feel like, you know, again, going back to Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and the uh, major wrestling figure podcast, I let them breathe and I, I, I feel like keeping them, especially for me, I have a very small space to display my stuff. So keeping stuff in packages takes up valuable real estate. So I have, you know, cut that down. Um, I do have all my LJNs on display. And I've actually become very fond of the uh, micro brawlers, that Pro Wrestling Tees, cheap plug there for Pro Wrestling Tees. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash my123cents. Buy my one, two, three cents and Stride Pro Wrestling swag, which Stride Pro Wrestling Stradiversary. I don't remember now if I mentioned it off the top. Coming up on Saturday, March 5th. Be sure to stay tuned for more details on that as well. I digress, but going back to the original point, those micro brawlers are small and they're really cool. Um, they're not exactly cheap though, but they are really uh, fun to add to a collection. And I've complemented them with the handful of Funko mystery minis that I have. And my goal, I have a new goal in mind of collecting all of the Funko mystery minis. Now, the micro brawlers, that thing continues to grow. There's there's a very small amount of the Funko mystery minis that I need to get. And if I don't get all of them, I want to at least get my top favorite wrestlers so I have all of those kind of to, to display. Um, I'm really hoping that Pro Wrestling Tees and the Micro Brawlers come out with a Kerry Von Erich or a Texas, I guess it would have to be Kerry Von Erich, uh, Micro Brawler. He is one of my all-time favorites, and I do have the Hasbro of him, but I would love to have uh, a Micro Brawler of him to kind of go along with all of these others if I actually do indeed collect all of my favorites who are in that micro or mini format, just because it gives you more space. My point of this is, is if you're a fan, it's cool to collect. I, I feel like because of uh, podcasts like the the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast and, you know, the nostalgia. Everybody, what's old is new again. And, you know, with Ghostbusters coming back and some of those other cartoons from when, when we were kids in the 70s and 80s, nostalgia is making a comeback. And I, I, I think if you are able to collect... Uh, if you have a partner in your life that you you know if you're married or or have someone that supports that kind of thing, which I'm I'm fortunate that I do. She's not crazy about it all, but 
she doesn't hate it and she doesn't make me throw it away. She actually was the one that told me to take it out of storage and, and put them on display. So, um, you know, finding that, that balance of, of what works for you and your relationship and what works for you and your fandom, you know, in your budget, uh, obviously some of these figures now are, are going, especially now they're doing more lines and whatnot. It's, you know, it becomes a very expensive habit. Um, habit's probably not the right word. Hobby, I guess is the proper word. So my number three, again, is collecting those figures. Number two is getting on some sort of streaming service in terms of your wrestling fandom, depending on what it, what it is that you like. For me, it's Peacock and the WWE Network. You know, I love going back and watching the old stuff that I grew up on and, and seeing it. But I also love the fact that I can watch WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. There are the big four, and I think Chad and I talked about this not too very long ago. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or if we were just talking about it before we started recording. But, you know, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and Survivor Series, I like to watch live. The others, I'll go back and, and watch them or I'll watch them and, and not maybe watch it as intently as I would watch the big four. I still am a fan, a big fan of the big four and getting that streaming service and, 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 and watching it that way to me is the best way to go. And in AEW at this point, doesn't have anything like that. I would anticipate that if they continue to be successful, we'll eventually see some sort of streaming of capabilities coming from them. There's impact plus for impact wrestling fans. And then even the uh, independent wrestling channel, I think that's the official name of what it's called. I'm sure those of you that know already know and, and watch it and subscribe. Um, I've had access to that in the past, thanks to Chad. Uh, but it's it's another way to kind of keep up with independent wrestling. And if, if you're not uh, able to go and watch it in person, there's a wonderful collection of, of different companies that are a part of this as well. So there is something at your fingertips uh, through your phone, through your streaming service, whatever it may be that you can get a hold of and, and watch and support or go onto YouTube. And, you know, there are companies that, that stride pro wrestling, for example, you know, we put our shows out on YouTube, which is of course affiliated with our Facebook page. So you can go and, and check that out and, and just again, supporting those smaller independent companies that don't have access to getting onto fight TV or having the, the pay-per-views and, and whatnot. So, you know, there's, to me, there is WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Then you have like Game Changer and, and some of those other smaller companies, the NWA that are streaming, that are nationally known. And then you've got a subcategory of independent wrestling that is is out there, but it's not as accessible. And then there's the companies that are just putting out stuff on their YouTube channels or their Facebook pages uh, to, to get a name out there. And so find those companies and, and enjoy it, enjoy the ride. And it, it doesn't have to all be, uh, you know, the big guys, if you will. My number one, uh, experience, it's not a thing. It's not tangible. It's an experience for any wrestling fan is whatever company it is you support go and watch them live and in person. And for me, that was WWE with WrestleMania. My 
you know, I remember realistically the first time I thought about going to a WrestleMania would have been in 1992, 30 years ago, uh, for WrestleMania 8. It was uh, being held in Indianapolis, Indiana, which uh, at the time I was in college, it would probably have been about a four and a half, five hour car ride. Um, of course, this was before the internet, so I wasn't, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I was contemplating it. I did not actually obviously pull the trigger on or even try to get tickets. Um, but it was the first time I remember actually thinking, I would really love to be at a WrestleMania. And the next go around, really, that I actually gave it more consideration and serious thought wasn't until 2004 when it was in New York at Madison Square Garden for WrestleMania 20. Um, but I really, I never thought it would become a reality for me. The The pricing is one thing, but also just, you know, the ability to get the tickets. And then I really didn't have a friend, you know, that's a big trip to take with someone who is not into wrestling. My wife would go to house shows with me, which, you know, 15, 20 bucks is one thing. But when you're talking hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars to go on these WrestleMania road trips, you know, you want to go with someone who is dedicated and, and is a big a fan of it as you are. And that's where, luckily, you know, I met Chad Smart back in 2004 when I first moved to Southern Illinois. And uh, he threw out the idea in uh, 2005 of going to WrestleMania 22, which was going to be held in Chicago. And uh, they were doing the, uh, the travel package, I guess, if you will, uh, where you got the hotel and the WrestleMania ticket, the Hall of Fame ticket breakfast and or it was the biceps bagels and brunch or whatever they called it um so i i talked to my wife and she was fine with that we went with our friend jeremy road tripped up from southern illinois to st louis to then chicago spent a couple nights up there got the chair from wrestlemania and you know was able to have that whole experience and for me i was like you know this is awesome. It was an amazing experience. If this is, you know, I'd been to live events before I had been to Starcade 1990, for example, that was the first pay-per-view I ever went to, but there's nothing like going to a WrestleMania and being there in person for it. Um, and if you're an AEW fan, you know, you may not be a WWE fan, find that big AEW event that's coming up and, and make that trip, the road trip, the road trip and the getting there part of it is just as much fun as being there for the events. And then you get to the event, and I've been blessed, and I am fortunate as hell, and I'm not saying this to be braggadocious, but, you know, Chad and I have, have been able to travel to nine different WrestleManias, and I'm really hoping that next year out in Los Angeles uh, to make it number 10. But, uh, you know, the fact that I got to do one was was incredible, but to say that, we, you know, we were able to do that nine times it's, it's just, it's the experience each time, you know, being in the arena or the stadium now that everything is kind of turned to stadium, but the build up to it, the lead up to it, going to the hall of fame and going to NXT or going to a, a ring of honor show or Chikara, whatever the independent company that we were supporting at the time that was a part of the WrestleMania festivities was always just, it, it was so amazing. And I really, you know, taking the pictures and doing, you know, going to access and experiencing the things, 
you're you're laying down a lot of money but if if it's one you know if you are able to do it once in your lifetime and and do that and enjoy it and love it go for it you know you have nothing to lose it, it it's an incredible experience again and i i would definitely recommend having that wrestling buddy that bromance you know my wife started dubbing them the bromance weekends because sometimes it turned into a week but you know it was like a mini vacation and again having that partner that supports and and isn't going to hold it over your head when you when you go away for four or five or six days and and you know it's with the boys and you're watching wrestling and you're going to all these indie shows and you're just nerding out it's geek week you know and it's something that i'm again so fortunate to have been able to do and look forward to hopefully being able to do again uh, next year, but again, it doesn't have to be WrestleMania. It could be any event, you know. It could be uh, a pay per view. It could be just a show. If you road trip to your favorite company's uh, event that you follow and support, um, you know, Chad is is the the king of this. You know, he's traveled across the country to go to King of Trios with Chikara way back when. Um, he's he's gone to Hell in a Cell and he's gone to. Uh, SummerSlam. I think he's been to Survivor Series. Royal Rumble. You know, I went to the Royal Rumble a decade ago that I talked about that before. So just being able to go on that trip and finding that friend to go and, and experience that with you is priceless. It, it, it really, truly is. So I want to know what you guys think. What are you doing? What are your favorite things You know that you would say if you're a wrestling fan? These are things that you need to do or things that you need to have. Uh, as you explore your fandom, I, I would love to hear your input. Uh, let let me know. Head on over. Uh, you can comment on the social media channels uh, that my one two three cents or my personal channels, whatever it is, wherever you're listening to this, the podcast, leaving a review, four stars, five stars, one star, no stars. Tell me I suck. Tell me this is great. Tell me what you would like different about it. Tell me what you wouldn't change. I would love again to hear your impact input not impact but uh you know that's the theme it is love this week here again on the my one two three cents podcast i hope you enjoyed it have a great valentine's day a great week and we will talk again soon this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com